It has been three years, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is easier, much easier from outside the cage, because I would say we're just gaining steam. You know, we're young, no major injuries outside of my knee. Um, Both of our voices are doing great. It's time. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rafa Sparza, who's showing no signs of slowing down. And we're not talking Mike Henderson slow down. We're talking like you still got the Weidman vibe. Rap, how are you doing this evening? I don't know what to make of that. That was a compliment. Weidman's undefeated. He's on the up and up. He's got great facial hair. Yeah, but I don't talk like I'm from Jersey, like I'm trash. No, no, no. But you talk like he fights. Obviously, you're not from Jersey. I'm not insulting you. I'm not going to start our three-year with, with a vague insult, like saying something like you're from Jersey. That, again, is that's rude. But how are you, sir? Happy three-year to you. Happy three-year to you as well. Uh, I'm feeling good. I feel, you know, like you said, we're, we're just picking up steam. Things seem to be going along nicely. Um, a lot of you guys who are listening have been sending in very nice notes, uh, a lot akin to how the hell have you guys been doing it for three years? Do you hate Kevin? What is he really like off air? And I say the same thing to each of those people. Who is Kevin? And yes. <laughs> and it's each time. A sub- it never hurts to hear it on the air. I've only heard you uh, not remember who your co-host was four times on yeah. live broadcast television, which is fun. You know, it keeps you on your toes. What I feel like if uh, I could hone in on something I've learned, mm. that's the, doing that. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just going to offer one thing okay. in particular. People like long, slow, thoughtful discussions, mm-hmm. specifically around vague and tangible objects. So mm-hmm. I think we should stick with that. Okay. And just stay out there. Are you in on that? Do you want to maybe talk about the X-Files reboot? and see if you have strong opinions about whether or not uh, Mueller still got it. Wait, what was his name? In wow. The- <laughs> it's a Mulder. Damn I it. knew that was a high reference point for even you. I was trying to go sci-fi on the side, but didn't didn't quite Mueller. Oh, it was almost it was akin to Kevin spending about a good one minute and being like, you know, we're really hitting it out of the park like Star Wars. And... Uh, you know what I mean? We might make it to the point where we might see Luke Skywalker <laughs> uh, get out I, that light snobber of his. There uh, used to be a game on the speech team where they'd be like, does Kevin understand this literary reference? Oh, that's so and they'd mean. start explaining it, and I and I was, so the object was to see mean. if I could come up with the title. <laughs> this is the meanest game that you've ever... Like, I was having fun until you brought up this point. And I oh, feel it's like a good time. Just got time. Yeah? No. Yeah, I mean, I cried a lot, but everyone likes a good cry. <laughs> My lack of general comprehension is a fun game. Okay, <laughs> Teach their own. go Spring Hill uh, School District. Raph, three years is a big deal. It is. We are rivaling the first Bush presidency. Good reference point. I feel like the Fujis like- were together three years. <laughs> I think they were together maybe a smidge longer than that, though. Don't quote me. <laughs> don't, Britney Spears was at the top for around three years. Everything's wow. 
Everything's Your references are out of control. Hey, guys, so if you're just joining in on your first podcast here, we don't normally open the show exactly like this. It's just a fun game we play called Let's See What We Can Fucking Dick Around For After Three Years. And it turns out that is anything. Are you, yeah. sir, ready to talk about something that's been near and dear to us? We've... It's a staple of the show. It's one of the ideas. It's a great idea that you had where people would call in and leave voicemails um, because we've already ran out of my pop culture references and there's more show to get to. So we have to fill the time. We've wanted to play those voicemails up top and sort of talk about them. We've never done that before. Are you ready to do that this time? Absolutely. From the BJJ Brain and BJJ Training Journal. Uh, oh, and I started it late. Podcast. This is Amici here from the BJJ Brain and BJJ Training Journal uh, to thank you for so many, actually, I can actually say this now, so many years of hilarity in your podcast. Nobody Lies. does MMA, BJJ, and WWE BJJ Ooh. better than you guys. Damn so right. more amazing years. Thanks, Amici. Very uh, nice of you to say. Do you think he's coming at you just out of niceness on that uh, WWE thing? I think he understands that he's coming to pay tribute because, I mean, here's the thing. I've never professed to being good at jiu-jitsu, but I'm not bad at WWE BJJ. No. And as one of the founders, I think it's important to, you know, to pay it forward and to be good to people. So I think Amici's just paying respects. As previously said, you've been a big pioneer. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> That's my legacy. It's been, it's a large group of people that participate, but there's only a few with the fortitude to lead on the mm-hmm. WWE mm-hmm. BJJ merger. You do have that fortitude. I will say this, and this is 100% true. I was recently somewhere where I was talking with several black belts who were then picking my brain as to how to do transitions in the WWE BJJ mode. And I go, wait, why are they listening to me? Oh shit! They really like are listening to what I'm saying. Oh no, this is too weird. And they're all like, "Raph, that's a really good transition. Thank you so much for your help on helping me clean that up." And I was like, "No, no, don't do this. This is confusing. <laughs> I'm terrible at jujitsu, so don't ever ask me questions that have anything to do with that." No sense. It's this is uh, and it's to your credit. You found it. You found the place where you can thrive. That's right. Hey, chicken dick motherfucker. Josh Singer here, calling you all the way from Moscow, Russia. What? To issue a congratulations on your three-year fucking anniversary. And Raf, that's part one from Atos Jiu-Jitsu Star. There's there's a part two, fortunately for everyone. Um, From Moscow, though, that's dedication, right? Mm. Well, I guess. I mean, I just like that he really wants to big time us and let us know that there was an event that took place in Moscow. So, yeah, sure. We got it. We know you're important. <laughs> yeah. I actually thought that, too. It's like of the people that are traveling to Russia, it's like Ed Snowden and our jujitsu superstars from everywhere for those. But he also tournament. he couldn't have gotten away with doing that and being like, hey, guys, this is Josh Hare calling from a KFC down the street in San Diego, <laughs> you chicken dicks. Like, I is he that, auditioning is to be a detective in an old-timey movie? <laughs> anyway, play the second one. Um, I was going to give his a little... I was going to break mm-hmm. and oh, go okay. 
to my personal favorite accent. Hi, Verbal Tap. This is Nick Gregoriadis, founder of the Jiu-Jitsu Brothers. I wanted to say congratulations on making it for three years. You are still my favorite contender in the highly competitive comedy MMA podcast niche. And I'm pretty sure with the amount of awesome content you guys are producing, you're going to stay that way. So, once again, greetings from Thailand, and I wish you guys all the best of success for the next three years. Where is the it, fuck is everybody? Is it Thailand? <laughs> Did you, ref? Oh, I get it. You only got in touch with people out of the country? No, I just said, hey, leave us a message. I didn't mean, like, tell us what foreign region you're That's in right so now. That's so Nick Greg. By the way, the way he says his last name is Art. Are you sure? Well, I I don't know if that's the real one because the real Nick that I know sounds a little different than that one. The real Nick. Well, is he also in Thailand? Have you heard from him? Let me see Um, real quick. I might have a voicemail real quick. Oh, cool. That would be awesome. It's Uh, uh, boop. Hey, this is Nick Nagyardis. Just calling to say I'm in Thailand right now. It's one of my favorite places to be. Hey, everybody. I'm on so much ayahuasca. I don't know what universe I'm in. <laughs> Which is always the subtext of his... Uh, I don't, I would love to travel to the mountains with him. I'm just glad that he's never like actively kicked the shit out of me. He just is very entertained by our nonsense. Thank God. So... <laughs> It's, yeah, it's a good no. place to be at. It is. Hey guys, it's me, Travis Newlog, Jesus Evil Sweetheart. I just wanted to call and uh, say I can't believe people are still listening to you guys. Three long years. Here's two, three long more. Hey, Travis Nawazi used a phone. That was awesome. Yes, that's very impressive for him. I do love the fact that, I mean, it's no more surprising that people are still listening to us than people are still wearing Nawaza apparel. Am I right? No lie. I watched his fight. He yeah. uh, beat up on Wheeler. Yeah. Good. It was, a, it was a good match. Uh, I will say this for Travis, though. He, uh, he refers to himself as Jiu-Jitsu's little sweetheart. I did hear and, that. Uh, you know, he's lost some weight. I'll give him that. Yeah, but little. But Oops. like, let's put it all together, Kev. Okay. Jiu-jitsu's possessive of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Little and sweetheart. Travis Nawaza, jiu-jitsu's little sweetheart. Yeah. I would go more like jiu-jitsu's not-so-scary uncle. I would go Travis Nawaza, Jiu-Jitsu's kind of weird cousin that you don't see all that often, but when you do, it's kind of strange, but you do love him anyway, but still strange. A.K.A. no one's forgot about Thanksgiving 2007. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> we don't Good care if it was a relapse, Travis. <laughs> Good to hear from you, Travis. We love doing the Nawaza challenge. Thank you very much for your voicemail. And... That was an awesome fight. Yeah. Hi, Raph. Hey, this is Mark Tricky Dickman. Um, man, I just was wondering what was up with you. 
Christine, how you been? Uh, just got to thank you for uh, all you've done for me and uh, all the great uh, talks we've had. And uh, uh, I wish you the very best. All right. So uh, may all your wildest dreams come true. And uh, may the shit talking continue. All right. <laughs> I think this was left over from your wedding, Ralph. I, I could so. check. <laughs> I think this is a wedding voicemail. Hey, you know, the funnest part about this is, is I mean, this is Mark Tricky Jack. Uh, the hard thing about Mark Dickman in this particular instance is he has opened the floodgates for me to take credit for all of his competitive success. And you should. And I am. <laughs> hey, Verbal Tap. MMA comedy podcast. This is Karen Bryant. You know, the girl that everybody thinks is really cool, or actually some of us think it's the worst thing that ever happened to MMA. Anyway, I just wanted to wish you guys a really happy anniversary. You know, it was interesting with Ralph. I, I met him and I liked him right away, so I was really confused. I, I don't know why I got it so wrong, because I've heard things. Anyway, uh, I really like what you guys are doing. Keep up the great work, and uh, definitely keep up what you're doing on Twitter as well, because you guys are very funny. But I just want to wish you a very happy anniversary, and uh, hope to talk to you guys again soon. And Karen Bryant coming out of the gate, talking a little smack on you. You know, I mean, that's so Dickman thing. sets you up, and then yep. Bryant comes in, little power yep. bomb. No, you know, Karen Bryant, she's sneaky, man. She can't, you can't look past her. But you know what she is, though, Kev. If what? I'm being honest, yeah. She's a Patriots fan. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh. See, I thought, she, and you know what? I was on the perfect side. I was like, who could ever have a problem with her? Now I see it. She's probably like, you know, the people that shared the Gronk and the kitten photo. She's on that list. She's the person when she puts up the fact that she just won a tennis match. I'm always like, have we checked those balls? <laughs> we Are those regulation, Karen? Or just do saying, we know? Because, you know, sometimes your, your serve quick? sticks a little bit more when it's just a little less. You have a, a walkie-talkie well. in this racket to uh, Coach Belichick? Everyone has their favorite pro at the club that brings the balls out. Everyone does. Mm-hmm. Right? Not saying Karen Bryant cheats. I would never say that. Obviously, on television, you know, we're not saying she gets CGI'd. That her <laughs> hair is actually a different color. But, you know. <laughs> Way to get her, Kev. Uh, I, I know, I nailed so that. Like, that's, uh, it's like, that Kevin, it's though. not a type of show with CGI. It's like, okay. She's never going to come back on this show now. All she's right. the best. Uh, we were talking about that the other night because she, she's great. She's, I, she's genuinely, in terms of uh, bite coverage, she keeps Rashad in line. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite subplot lines, especially the twists at DC. My wife 100% says this about Karen Bryant. She'll be like, two things. She'll go, Hey, is Karen anchoring tonight? And I'll go, no. She's like, oh. And if she is anchoring, she'll look at who she's surrounded by and just go, I feel so sorry for her. She has to do so much work. Like, look at Bisping. You know Bisping's going to fuck up. And yet Karen's going to be like, it's okay. It's okay, Bisping. Or play our interpreter. It's like, does anyone know what Michael just said? Could someone (laughs) get get in here? And Karen's like, okay, well. It's just as bad as I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, that fire so, reminded me of my dad 14 times. You know, we all went down in a chimney and it was like this. Yeah, you know. He was especially bad. That last, he was, yeah. He was like, what? Did he, was that a verb? Did anyone catch that? No one yeah. caught it. 
doesn't know what a verb is. I think we're ready for the next one. Oh, yeah. I Sorry, I got all excited now that we were just uh, chatting up. Hey, this is T.T. Grant. Just wanted to congratulate you guys on three years of an outstanding podcast. It really doesn't seem that long. <laughs> Though that's probably just because I only started listening like six, six months ago. That's on me for not finding you guys. You've been doing outstanding work, and I can't wait for your six-year anniversary when maybe, just maybe, you can hear that Chicago twang. You knew that was going a different direction. I do love the fact that we never know what the initials TP stand for. No, he's been very coy about it. Like, oh, yeah, hey, Kev, this is R.R. Esparza. Mm. Sorry. I just love going by initials because <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> Maybe Tiffany. He's got a nice globe. Who's this kid think he is? Do you think he's the next J.J. Abrams? Nah, dude. <laughs> but, and like, when you see him on the streets, do you go, hey, TP? That's TP. I, and frankly, it feels like a real MMA journalist thing to do. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like a fake source that you always get, according to TP. Oh, it is a made-up source. You mm-hmm. know what? It sounds like a made-up Boston source. But I think I heard Karen Bryant cite the other side. <laughs> Hi, guys. I just want to wish Verbal Tap a happy three-year anniversary. This is Tom DeBlass. Uh, that's a great thing. God bless you guys. Uh, also remember, every good thing you hear about uh, Gordon Ryan is not true. <laughs> remember that to all the future fans. He's not as good as everyone thinks. Uh, I hope you guys have another three years, another 30 years of success. God bless you guys. Again, this is Tom DeBlass, and uh, hopefully talk to you guys soon on the podcast. Bye-bye. Tom DeBlass with the comedy right there. I love the attacks on Gordon Ryan. Me too, by the way. And that's pretty Tom DeBlass and that whole section of the jiu-jitsu area. Uh, to be like, you know what? I'm going to call in, wish this guy's a happy three-year, and really talk some shit on Gordon. He's been pissing me off all day. Well, he was ready for that all week, dude. He was ready to get that down. I will say this. I love – this is how you can tell the timing of it is going great. Uh, there is on my Facebook right now a video that's automatically playing of DeBlass uh, rolling with a 140-pound white belt of his who has ridiculously great movement. Uh, but I just love that like – my computer knew DeBlass was about to come up, so it just goes, hey, man, you might want to see this. So the whole time he's leaving that message, I'm watching him like move super technically and seeing him do a giant cartwheel pass as if he had <laughs> just landed the joke and then decided to celebrate it. So yeah. credit to him. I'm just It's awesome to see him competing, too. I like watching Tom DeBlass. And now that we've talked to him, you, I can, you can just see it in his mind. He's like, I'm not <laughs> falling for that arm bar that someone tried to pull on me back in 98. Are you joking? I mean, Kev, right now, I think you could ask him. Hey, weasel dicks. Oh. Uh-oh. Hanger part two. Fucking lations on your three-year anniversary on your podcast. If I had to give you guys a rank somewhere in between uh, the worst being a pile of dog shit and the best being the Joe Rogan experience, <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a rank of a bucket full of cat vomit. Hope you have a great fourth-year podcasting. Specific. Making fun of Gary Tonin. Ooh. All right, I'll talk to you, weasel dicks, later. Okay, can I stop for just a point of order here? Please. I wanted to surprise you with part two. Thank you. 
I was a little weirded out when he referred to us as chicken dicks, but then somehow along the way we became weasel dicks. Well, you can see where he's going with the whole animal theme. Can you? I mean, <laughs> I don't. I just uh, I particularly enjoy the specificity of the ranking. Is there? Well, of course, the ranking is very funny because you're either going to listen to a podcast featuring Joe Rogan or. <laughs> That was a funny thing. Is that the gold standard? And then we're not gold long enough. We rank somewhere in the middle of cat vomit, which honestly, among the things I've experienced in my life, bad, but not the worst. Well, a bucket full of it. And who's keeping that bucket? Who made that bucket of cat vomit? I don't want to. I'm more of a dog person. I don't think a cat would be responsible enough to just collect a whole bunch of vomit. Well, responsible or not, they're never going to have the patience. They're such passionate animals. They're going to move on, you know, start doing their own thing. (laughs) Thank you, Josh. We're talking about cat psyche on the podcast. That's his fault. But again, from Russia, Raf, so points on the international scale. No one else has been identifying their location. uh, But I really hope Tom DeBlast doesn't hear all the smack talk we were giving to Jersey. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. He understands. Oh, perfect, then. And if he doesn't, then I'm just going to say you said it. Hey, guys. uh, Congratulations on three years. Three long, agonizing years. Uh, I guess I just called to give you guys some advice. I mean, I'd imagine that after three years, you probably think, now, where do we go from here? And I was hoping, hopefully, nowhere. Uh, I mean, look at it this way. It's better to have tried and lost than, well, now it probably would have been better if you didn't try. Uh, I mean, a lot of people say quit while you're ahead. Well, you're never really ahead. I mean, it doesn't hurt to quit while you're behind. I mean, way, way behind. I mean, just ask Andalus Anonymous. I guess what I'm trying to say is, please stop. For the love of God... If the world never heard another soundbite from you guys, it would be too soon. Please stop. Think of the children. Gary Tonin, everybody. Hey, you know, Kev, I have an important question to ask you in response to Gary's voice. Which, by the way, thank you very much, Gary. We appreciate that. Question is this. He was saying, uh, you know, it's better to have tried and lost. Or maybe not at all, right? Yeah. Is that how you would also describe Gary's performance again, Cron Gracie? <laughs> I'm just, I just want to ask the question. Raph, first yes. of all, you know he called him out in two to five years at the last Metamorphosis. So I know, and we're, we're slowly inching our way there. By the time we, we are almost there. We're like our, uh, two podcast anniversaries away. <laughs> our sixth anniversary, we may see that fight eventually in MMA, maybe. <laughs> No less if he can make it there. By that time, I'm hoping we have a staff that could get this little soundbite rugged up for us. And I love the concept of quitting while you're behind, which was, I think, something that Gary's uh, prom date said when they went to prom together in high school. Thank you very much, Gary. Gary's more of a quit while you're underneath sort of guy. is Lord Raider wishing Verbal Tap Podcast a congratulations for three years 
of podcasting. <laughs> well done. That's uh, Justin uh, Raider, obviously, otherwise known as Darth Raider. I didn't He's know he good. Was He's committed. He definitely committed. I did not know he was going to go all Star Wars out, which begs the question. Is this some sort of like ABC Disney synergy going on that I didn't know? And, uh, you know, when some fighters say they're nerdy, I'm starting to give Raider maybe a little bit more nerdiness credit than I think I once did. The dude loves Star Wars. Yeah. Just think about, yeah, I want to watch me some Justin Raider fight, by the way. All of a sudden, sort of a good. Hey, guys, this is Smiling Sam Alvey of the UFC middleweight class. And uh, I've heard you guys got a three-year anniversary coming up, and I just want to say you guys are fantastic. Uh, You guys even beat me in a fight-picking contest. That's unfortunate, but congratulations. (laughs) And, yeah. I, 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 you had a wonderful three years, and I can't wait to hear you every week uh, in the upcoming next three years. So, anyways, congratulations again, guys, and shoot, I'll listen for you live. Hey, smiling Sam Alvey sounds like the nicest person on earth, potentially. He honestly made me feel like it was my birthday. He always when I was like eight, and I was like, "What? It's my birthday, me." And he, I, he even gave us credit for your first slice win, which I appreciate. Well, that only goes to me. He's, also, he's like, that's unfortunate. That's kind of how he like treats uh, UFC losses. Just not a guy rattled. I like it. That was good. Hey guys, this is Marshall Marchuk Media. Just calling in to uh, wish you guys a happy third year anniversary. Clearly, the couples counseling is going well, so you got that going for you. Here's to uh, three more years. Keep kicking ass. He's right. Our work with Dr. Epstein has been fantastic. Some of our work. You always... Uh, no. Listen, Kev, I'm just saying... Not here. I'm going to defuse. I'm going to defuse. Fine. Three, Fine. two, one. Three, Thanks, two, one. Marshy. Bringing that up. Hey, Raph, Kevin. It's John Thomas from Tap Cancer Out. Just wanted to call and congratulate sound like you guys John on three years of high-level... BJJ uh, podcasting, yeah, all the content that you guys put out. High I level. Appreciate you having yeah. uh, us on the podcast a number of times. We couldn't have done any of this without you guys. So, uh, congrats again, and uh, to many more years of success. Hey, John, you got a second? Yeah, just let me hang up. Hi. Who, who are you talking to? I'm just talking to these two clowns who do some shitty jujitsu. <laughs> I owe them a big favor, but uh, I don't know. They're just annoying me. So. Did, you, did you hang up? Oh, shit. You didn't hang up. John Thomas with the production value on the wow. insult. <laughs> That's fantastic. Don't let that niceness fool you. Runs a charity. Ugh. Wow, that was that was impressive. I you know I wasn't expecting that from John. Not going to lie. No. Good stuff. No, I think the I, important thing to note was... Uh, the super impressive acting turn that happens <laughs> well, right as he hangs up. Like, I'm going to hang up now. <laughs> and first of all, it's just like in any good sitcom. People always announce what they're about to do. And second, he's as good as any radio actor I've heard on doing a live read ever. Like, that's Absolutely. up there. Absolutely. 
purple belt or I'm sorry, brown belt in uh, in real life in jujitsu. Blue yeah. belt in comedy. <laughs> he gets it. That was fantastic. Hey, Raphael and Kevin, congratulations on three years. You guys have been doing a great job against all odds. You guys have somehow managed to make a podcast that is informative, entertaining. And I wish you guys a ton of success in at least three more years. Have a good day, guys. Raph, that was Maryland's own Joe Gilpin. Aww. Purple belt in jiu-jitsu, white belt at saying his name. Definitely. <laughs> That's not an important trait to have as a comedian, though, Kevin. No, people don't ever ask you. Well, I guess they kind of do. Oh, you were. I get it. Nobody closes out their set being like, hey, guys, it's been a great night. I've been no name and uh, tip your waitress. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Uh, obviously, you, uh, you know, you guys have a safe drive. Good night. Hey, what's up? It's Adam Hunter. Uh, it's one of you guys. Uh, congratulations on another shitty year of podcasting. It's awful. Just fucking awful, man. I'd rather watch Ben Askren fight John Fitch, uh, fight Jake Shields, and uh, have someone wrench out my nutsack listening to this shitty fucking podcast. It's horrendous. It's awful. Seriously. I honestly, I had to call John Jones to borrow some Coke to stay awake from your podcast. It is the worst. I don't understand why it's even still on. It's awful. It's horrendous. You guys make me fucking sick. That's how bad your podcast is. Seriously. Your podcast is like... He's making good points. I don't know, man. It could have its own division of shitty weight <laughs> podcasting division. Seriously. I, I actually... As a new torture method for people from Al Qaeda, <laughs> from Hamas, from ISIS. If we really want to beat ISIS, we should play them your podcast. They will surrender immediately. That's how bad your fucking podcast is. You guys are terrible. You guys are you guys suck. You guys are can have your own fight league called Suck Victa. Seriously, I had more fun trying to blow myself and listen to your podcast. It is horrendous. What a shitty fucking podcast. The worst. I'd rather watch Demetrius Johnson fight over and over and over again than listen to another fucking podcast. Ronda Rousey heard your podcast and fell down again. That's how bad it is. Uh, seriously, guys. I hope all is well. Love you guys. Bye. First of all, thanks for leading off with your name immediately to drive our po- point home that that is how true the, comedian. Uh, <laughs> well, what does Adam Hunter know? Woo! <laughs> By the way, if we can be of any help, we don't have a huge footprint in Syria. I was just reviewing our locations mm. or Iraq, but you know, Sweden. How far is that? Uh, you know. It's a little bit further away. Can't be far. It's all Europe, right? <laughs> sure. It's all the same. That would be a fun. Kev, uh, can, I, can I reveal something to you? Go for it. Last year, our good friend Adam Hunter of MMA Roasted fame left us a very sweet message. Like, very nice. And was just like, hey, guys. Hey, guys. This is Adam Hunter. And I just want to let you guys know you guys are cool. And like, yeah, you're great. And oh, man, I guess I'm done. And then it was like the end of it. And I was like, are you 
fucking shitting me? Your whole name is MMA Roasted. You're going to go fucking nice on us? We did call him out pretty seriously. You led that effort. So, I was okay with it. N- yeah, of course, because you weren't ready for this email. <laughs> I'm sorry, this voicemail <laughs> message. This Correct. is all I've ever wanted, Kevin. This this was this up is, there. The sheer me, amount of time he dropped the f bomb was perfect. The happiest it just sucks. <laughs> I, I do. There's a like, good uh, tile preview for our fight club. I told the pages when we used to have people work at the Tonight Show. I said, you know, guys, if Don Rickles comes up to you and he makes fun of you, you take it. I don't care what ethnicity you are, and if he's insulted it, you take that goddamn fucking insult. He is a legend. I think we we finally got that Don Rickles experience here. We had the Don Rickles of MMA just roast us. So our thanks, Adam Hunter. Uh, that was immaculate. I want to do that every week. I know. I just want him to call in frustrated and explain things. Um, he'd rather watch Demetrius fight over and over <laughs> and over. Is what, there really what was the joke about Invicta? Uh, he calls Suck, Suck Victor. Victor. <laughs> Genius. Let's make that a hashtag, everybody. Yeah. uh, Now we know why he was the last one to leave a message. Yeah. We knew, like, he knew he couldn't just phone it in, literally. He spent time on it. He, I mean, he basically made us uh, one of his previews. He brought in geopolitics. I'll take it. You know, that's hard. That's, that's tough stuff. Raph, three years. Thank you to the people that left a voicemail this time, anytime. It's always appreciated, and everyone's encouraged to leave a voicemail. Absolutely. I'm completely in on it. Uh, I mean, I could give the number, but that seems like a really obvious way, and isn't it more fun if people have to find it? No. Oh, okay. 703-635-2168. Leave a verbal tap message at any time. It may or may not get played on the air. Warning, Rafa Sparza gets to make fun of you. Yeah, it's kind of the, the give and take of this whole dynamic that we have here. And I'll, I'll say this, guys. I don't think anybody's going to beat Adam Hunter. I think That's he has set tough. the bar. Yeah. And uh, his meanness is an art. So just be very careful because like uh, fire swallowing, I don't think it's for amateurs. Yeah, definitely. So, and at the, the very fire end. swallowing? I- what is wrong with me tonight? I'm sorry. I don't know. I think at the very end, though, you, you do find that Adam Hunter has that that comedian in him and that'll just be like, you know, hey, guys, you're great. And I'm out. Have a good night, everybody. If you come in just being like, fuck you, fuck you, you suck, 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 Victor, which, by the way, hashtag suck, Victor. <laughs> and then, like, just leave on downbeats. That's it, not the magic. No. You got to do it just right. So, and he wished us well. Yeah, he did. It was and I believe him, Kevin. It's the nicest message he's ever left. Jesus Christ. You have to understand, all the nice messages in the world won't equate to that. It's like oh. Christmas came early. That was great. That was. You want to, we have <laughs> a crazy extravaganza planned for this because we like talking to people. It's one of our favorite things. We love every ounce of our verbal tap family. And we're going to talk to some people. That's going to be how we celebrate three years.
Verbal Tap fans, this last year, you felt a, a unity overtake the MMA and jiu-jitsu community. You just felt like something had been missing for uh, a little while, but it was back. That person is on the podcast this evening, Professor Rafael Lovato Jr., BJJ international superstar, also now 2-0 and and has not made it out of the first round. Well, you've made it out of the first round. None of your opponents have in the MMA cage. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing amazing. Good to talk to you guys. Good to be here. Do you feel when you choke someone out in the first round, as you did in your last MMA fight, is there a little part of you that's like, you know, I was training to go like 9 or 10. I kind of wanted to see how I could get on the highway in the second round, or are you still okay just finishing it real quick? Um, you know, for the last one, it, it was a little bittersweet. Um, you know, it, mainly because, I, I, you know, the guy that I ended up fighting was a, a late replacement. He literally jumped in that week, like a few days before. Um, and so the, the one that I was preparing for, for, you know, five, six weeks was a guy that, you know, had like a wrestling background and was a lot shorter than me and someone that I was really looking to kind of open up on the feet, uh, a lot more with, and, uh, you know, it would have been a little more work to get inside and take down through the fact that he was shorter than me. And so I prepared so specifically for that that body type and that style, um, you know, really working my, my combinations to set up the takedowns and everything. And then to literally have the person like give me their leg in the first, you know, five seconds and, and take them down so quick and, you know, get the, get a finish is obviously really nice, you know, to not come out with a scar or a scratch or anything. But, um, but at, at the end of it, I was definitely like, ah, Man, I you know, I almost want you to escape right now, just so I have to, <laughs> to, to keep, keep going and and you know show everything that I did. But that's okay. It's okay because I'll be that much better next time when I really have to, uh, you know, when I really have to set up those takedowns and, and fight my way in. I'll be that much better. So um, yeah, it's no problem. I'm happy. I guess the the nice part is is we're talking with you and Kevin and I never have that problem where you have the choice of man you know I really could let this arm triangle go because like I got about twenty other ways to finish this guy. <laughs> you know the the nice thing I'm reading here too is that you know it said uh, in an MMA junkie article you did that not fighting on the card wasn't an option so. I mean, it's probably because you had dedicated so much time to it and uh, that you were so focused on it. So there was never going to be an option where you weren't going to fight on that card. Well, I mean, it got scary there for a minute. I, I went uh, like 30 hours without an opponent. Like I found out on the Monday, you know, I, fought, I was fought on Friday. I found out on the Monday before that my opponent had to pull out uh, due to a concussion that, that sounds like it was very serious, you know, and I, I wish him all the best. Hopefully he can make his comeback into the, into the cage. But, um, you know, so I was a, a, a opponentless that night, that Monday night, and it was, like, so nerve-wracking. I couldn't sleep. Because you're I'll on a tight up. schedule, too. Like, you, you've got a grappling well, I mean, that, and a that business. Week, that, 
Well, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. We're talking, you know, six weeks of the camp. I, I, I spent an extra week in Brazil. I flew a bunch of training partners in. I had people staying in my house for a month. It was very professional. You know, you guys know me. I take everything very professionally. I, I'm going to prepare myself to be at the ultimate best I can be. You know, I I literally, like, gave everything <laughs> for that camp. You know, MMA is, is no games, you know. So uh, the training, everything, everything was on point. And there I am, fight week, you know, in the process of making weight, thinking that I'm, the work is done, it's time to, you know, it's time to do it. And now, boom, no, no opponent, you know what I mean? And, and maybe no fight. And it's like, oh, I woke up Tuesday. I didn't sleep hardly at all that Monday night. I woke up Tuesday. I'm like blowing up legacy. I'm like, what's going on? What have you heard? What's happening? And they're like, still can't get anyone. Still can't get anyone. I'm like, geez, you know, no way is this going to happen. And, uh, and you know, I trained that day and I'm just like, I trained so horribly. I was just like, I don't even know what to do right now, guys. It's like, I, I don't have the, the focus right now to really train. I don't know who I'm training for. I don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at that and, point, you probably have every reason to believe the fight won't happen if they yeah. can't get you. Yeah, an opponent, I, I, so I, it's... I didn't know. I didn't, you know, I was totally in limbo, you know? And so I was really restless and, and I, I, I started looking up people. I'm like, I send them a list of like 15 names. I was like, <laughs> it's like Jared Dopp, Justin Rader, <laughs> Sean G. Vera. It's like, these names look awfully familiar. <laughs> this guy knows a lot of fighters. I was just like looking up every middleweight that fought in one of their events for like the last, you know, year and a half. And I was like, you know, call all these people. <laughs> I told them I'll literally fight anybody. I don't care if he's got 20 fights at this point. I don't care, you know, and, uh, and how you know, scared right around is legacy that, as right you're that, calling them. They've got to be Raph. Can you imagine the show promoter? That's like Lovato just called again. One hundred percent. If, that if I heard Lovato that angry, I just wouldn't pick up. I'd be like, you know, he can text. I think that's a smarter <laughs> choice at this point. And I think the other thing is, you know, all due respect, uh, Rafael, I think the one thing you're not thinking about here is imagine being on the other side of that. So obviously oh. legacy calling somebody and saying, hello, would you want to take on Rafael Lovato Jr.? What's that? A polite no? Thank you very much. All right. Next down the list. That's yeah, kind of how sure. I imagine. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's it's a hard prospect with especially a week's time where you know that right. for the most part, people who you are going to fight are going to be at a disadvantage jujitsu wise. So you have to have somebody yeah. who's super comfortable with already giving that up as a, a first pre-requirement a week of. Yeah, you know, for sure. That's why I was so on edge because I knew that it wasn't in my favor, you know, and it was very likely I wouldn't get to fight. And, you know, but thankfully that Tuesday night, you know, uh, I finally got the call and said, we got an opponent for you. The kid was like, had other fights um, scheduled uh, right around that time. And so he was in shape. He's really confident <laughs> to say yeah. the least. Uh, and he was, he told them that if anything happened, to, to put him in the show. And I think he was kind of their, their last minute option. And so it, it ended up working out. Um, and do you know in, him, you know, Kevin Holland? I, I did not know him. Um, he, he, you know, he's from Texas. Uh, he trained Travis Luters, uh, you know, so he has uh, a jujitsu 
you know, I don't want to say bass. Actually, his bass was like, like stand up, like karate or something like that. You know, like a traditional martial art. Um, but he he had trained jujitsu. I think he was a purple belt or something like that. And uh, and he was, you know, he said he was confident to go to the ground with me. Um, but uh, you know, he, he's a very athletic. He has a lot of potential. You know, he's young. I think he's only 21 or 22, something like that. And uh, you know, he's already been training a long time, and he's really athletic. Uh, watching his other fights, he uh, moves really well, and he, he you know, he, he to come at me and hit those kicks really fast. And so, um, you know, obviously he relied on his. Probably gets away with using his a lot. I could feel the way he was moving on the goal. So I just controlled him and, you know, everything worked out. And as he's, and, and I'm curious, <laughs> control-wise, because, you know, it's a big wild card when it's MMA. You've got the gloves. You've got, it's slippery, so sometimes you'll see black belts. Um, you didn't seem to have any trouble. So what's it like? Because you're a top-level black belt. You roll with top-level black belts all the time. Meaning, if you're not a top-level black belt, when you roll with them, it's just it's a different level. What does it feel like in MMA as you take that dominant position? How different is it from when we see you? Like, I watched that match you put up on Facebook today of uh, your pressure pass to the back take. How different is it in the MMA cage as you put that same pressure towards it? Uh, it's way different, way different. Um, you know, in, in, in the cage, you know, the number one, I, you know, at least my mindset is not to lose position, not to rush, not to, you know, um, go for something that's not a hundred percent there. Um, you know, ultimately, my game is very similar in the fact that I want to mount and I want to finish, uh, you know, from a mount or an MMA that's going to lead to the back and, and positions like that. But, um, you know, really my mindset is to not lose top position um, and soften them up, you know, try to, I, I landed a really good elbow uh, right before he gave me the back the very last time. That'll do it usually. That'll, yeah, that last yeah. stance. It's like, drop a nice <laughs> elbow. It's like, okay, well, I wasn't going to let Lovato on my back, but now it seems like a good idea. He asked politely with this elbow. So, yeah, right. He did ask very politely. That's, uh... But, uh, you got you got to land some damage and you got to show control. Um uh, you know, let them know that they're not going to just scramble out and, and, you know, find the right way to submit, you know, uh, as soon as I got on the back and locked the body triangle, did not want to lose position. And in the very, in the very first scramble, he kind of gave me the back, but I didn't go for it at first. I just wanted to hold him, control him a little more and establish a good mount and a couple good strikes. Had it been a jujitsu match, would you have, would you have taken that risk? Oh yeah. Interesting. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, but it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have shown itself the same way. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it, it's a completely completely different game. And honestly, you know, uh, I'm thinking as it's happening 100. percent But whenever it's it's such a rush, you know, it's almost like a dream that uh, whenever it's all over, I really have to kind of think and replay it in my mind. Okay, exactly what happened again? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. 
you know, while I'm in there, I'm thinking about some things, but then when it's over with, I'm like, oh, you know, okay, what did I just do? <laughs> did, that, did that really just happen? You know what I mean? So it's it's crazy, and I'm I'm, I'm liking it a lot, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing it some more. So I guess that takes us to the next question. More is coming. So is it going to be jujitsu first, or is it MMA that happens first again? Uh, you know, we'll see. Um, I, I would say more than likely the next thing that I'm going to compete in will be MMA. Um, but I did win my, my ticket for the World Pro uh, just uh, uh, like a, almost a couple weeks ago. Uh, competed in Houston um, at the the – national pro like the, the Abu Dhabi world pro tournaments where if you win that you get like you win the absolute then you get an all expensive paint trip to the to Abu Dhabi for the, the main tournament the world pro um and so I got my ticket that's all set that is definitely happening for me so I, I I'm listen I'm not done with jiu-jitsu by any means you know I still we know I still, that the <laughs> point, you effing better not be it was so fun to see you at ADCC we'll get to that but keep going please uh, I, I I definitely still want to keep competing in Shishitsu. Um, you know, gi, no gi. I'm going to find the, the right events, the ones that really motivate me, and, you know, the ones that are going to be fun and the big matches, you know. But I'm not going to do every tournament uh, like yeah. I used to. Yeah, um, no, and that makes sense. I'm not going to do seven, eight, ten tournaments a year like I used to. I want to you know, split my energy into other things, uh, focus a little more on, you know, doing the things that really push me the most and, uh, and not just jumping in everything because, you know, because that's what I've always done. You know what I mean? And that's, I kind of fell into that routine. That's one thing I learned with my injury, um, coming back is like, you know, I shouldn't be doing everything, you know? Um, and so I just want to be at my best at everything that I do. And I really want to be challenged and motivated and inspired. And right now MMA is definitely making me feel that I'm having so much fun. I'm learning so much. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I, I'm, I'm exploring what I'm capable of. And that journey right now is, is very intriguing and, uh, you know, figuring out things about myself as a martial artist that, that was really kind of taking me back to when I was a kid and, and learning martial arts under my father. And, you know, so I, I want to keep that going. And, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot and, you know, going into next year, I have the higher uh, goals set and uh, I want to, you know, challenge myself um, on a higher level and we'll see where that leads. But uh, there's a great chance you're going to see me back in the legacy cage and, uh, you know, maybe even fighting for a title for them sometime in the near future. Title? Kev, that's I, what I like hearing. I, well, by the second time when it's like he hasn't gone out of the first round yet, you kind of <laughs> do have to think about it. Because we're not also talking about someone without fighting pedigree, which is great. Title. And speaking from the jiu-jitsu community, which Raf and I do for no apparent reason whatsoever... Sure. It's really fun to see you uh, because, you know, we've seen a lot of really successful jiu-jitsu guys transition and it doesn't always correlate. It just doesn't. There's a lot of factors involved. The game is very different. So to see yours and to see you win with that same pressure pass is terrifying in a cool way. <laughs> so that's the part yeah, I like. 
I'm we, always always going to be there representing jiu-jitsu and you know my goal just like it is in jiu-jitsu is to get the finish and you know I promise every time I'm in there I want that finish I'm looking for it I'm going for it whether it's MMA jiu-jitsu no gi doesn't matter that's what I'm trying to do as cleanly and as efficiently as possible because I also look at it the inverse way, and I, I, we, it's always funny to Raph and I, we talk about this with your intensity, because uh, you get out of the cage after beating someone up, and it's like, oh, I would have liked to knock him out. It's like it's also a credit to your hands that you can impose your jiu-jitsu, because if you don't have the hands, it's not going to happen, uh, not from jump. Like That's not in a legacy fight cage. Whoever you're fighting is going to pick you apart and expose you. So it is a credit to your, your Muay Thai work, which, which we see the photos of you and Raider doing, which is cool. Um, if you don't follow the Lovato Association on social media, you should. You guys release a lot of cool, helpful videos for the community a lot of times that, if you're paying attention, will help you pass your students' guards and teammates. <laughs> so you should be checking it out. I did have a question, uh, Rafael, just in terms of what you're doing off-camp, because it seems like you're a little bit more focused on going uh, the MMA route. So I know what happens when you're a little bit on cycle for a camp, a training camp for MMA. You know, what's training like for you now if that's a little bit more of the focus these days? Uh, it's still very, very much the same. Um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm doing more Muay Thai work and, you know, more things you know, like even in my jiu-jitsu training, I'm, I'm thinking more about, um, you know, what I'm doing and how that could translate into MMA. But, you know, for me, like, I, I have to put the gi on. I have to. You know, even in my MMA camp, I still, I still teach in the gi, you know, what I need to kind of balance out the brutality of MMA. I, I, I train jiu-jitsu, you know. And, you know, like when I say I, I'm thinking about MMA, I'm just I'm just exploring the jiu-jitsu for MMA. But when I when I'm really training, I'm rolling. It's not like I start like just trying to get up <laughs> and you know only moves that would apply in MMA, like you know hold breaking you down in close guard and holding your posture. No, I'm still doing jiu-jitsu. You know, I'm still making my grips and and playing the game. You know, uh, because I, you know I think it's important to keep my jujitsu mind still operating the way it needs to operate, you know, the way it always has, like in, into the depths of jujitsu, the details, the chess game, you know, and, and not start, you know, kind of dumbing everything down to that basic, basic level, you know, of, of things that can apply to MMA. You know, I yeah. want to keep my, like operating on that higher level, and, and keep my jiu-jitsu sharp, you know, you see it a lot where a great jiu-jitsu guy maybe overly focuses on his stand-up and things like that and doesn't, and, and then he's not able to capitalize on good positions or, you know, maybe they're just not quite as sharp, um, you know, because their mind isn't wrapped, you know, it's not, it's not thinking the same way it used to, you know, so, uh, you know, Basically, I'm trained the way I always train. You know, I, I'm I'm doing multiple martial arts. You know, nearly every day. Um, but I, I'm I'm doing a lot more Muay Thai, and I'm taking advantage more. Like I was just recently in California uh, last week, and 
you know, now when I'm doing these trips, instead of always just doing jujitsu, I'm trying to take advantage of whatever I'm at and getting some, you know, stand up or MMA style training in with whoever is in that area, you know, so I stopped by Kings. Um, I did some, uh, stand up work in San Diego with, uh, with a good pop boxing coach that I know there, you know, I did a little bit of grappling MMA style stuff, you know, with, uh, with some of my friends out there, you know, so I, I I'm trying to continue the involvement, you know, always evolving. Um, but you know, pretty much I'm doing jujitsu every day, just like I always do. And, um, you know, a little more stand up here and there. And then when I'm in camp, you know, it's, uh, you know, stand up every day. And I guess the other question I wanted to segue into, and this may be a little selfish because we'll explain, I guess, the reason for this momentarily, but you know, how, how has it changed, I guess, since the injury, like in terms of training, you mentioned being smarter about how you're picking what it is that you want to do in terms of competition mindset, but that is that also impacting and making, you know, you change or make smarter decisions about the way you train now? Yes, it does. Um, you know, I have a tendency to want to train hard every day. <laughs> no, uh, no. That's I just haven't heard about? that about you. Your students yeah. are always like, he's usually just lazy. He, he stretches and then goes and runs the counter during class. Kev, I still don't have an hour footage of him just, you know, rolling. Decimating people. Real, real chill and whatever. That's not, not footage. Eating some acai there. while rolling with the blue belt. And I yeah. mean, if I'm, if I'm being really, really honest about that footage, I still think one of the funniest things is one of our good friends, Jerry Shapiro, after rolling with you, comes over with me and he wants to like he's seeing me film and Raphael's still rolling with somebody else and he just goes hey man did you see did I almost get him there <laughs> and I didn't know how to respond to him it's just kind of like um uh I'm I don't know what to say and he goes no dude I'm just kidding I got my ass kicked it was great and I was like oh okay because <laughs> I got really weird I didn't know how to tell you anything else um but yes I'm sorry Raphael go on no problem um you know, I, 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 I kind of learned about myself, but I, you know, uh, you know, and I think it's, it's true with anybody like that, that is really driven and goal oriented. And, you know, you kind of get addicted, you get addicted to, to the grind, you get addicted to the challenges, you know, um, you know, the, the injury was the first time in my life where like, you know, in a really long time that, that everything was on pause you know, instead of it's like, okay, what's next? You know what I mean? What's next? What's next? What's next? There's always something next, you know? And, uh, and so I realized that I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I have maybe a problem, <laughs> you know, and uh, <laughs> I need, you know, it, it's serious though. You know what I mean? I it's, know it's, it's serious, funny. but you're laughing at it. Which it's gives funny. Me the ability to laugh at it. Yeah, you know, but I, I that was an important thing for me to discover and really realize it's great for me to take a break. And, uh, you know, now I'm just so thankful and appreciative that the injury did happen. Like I needed that. It was, it was a great thing for me. And, uh, and so basically, you know, I told, I, I tried to tell myself, Hey, it's okay if I need to take a night off, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I need to feel guilty. Um, you know, I don't need to be thinking about everyone else out in the world and, Oh, you know, this guy's training or what's he doing? Like, you know, I don't need to feel guilty. I just need to concentrate on my body and make sure I'm getting the rest 
that I need to get, you know, that I need to get um, this year in my camps for ADCC and MMA and everything. I was making sure to, to do my best to take a nap almost every day. Um, you know, it might only be 30 minutes, but whatever I can squeeze in, just I need to shut off. I need to, to rest a little more. And so I'm trying to be better with that. I'm trying to, you know, give myself another day off or not not push my, you know, when I can tell that I'm starting to get tired and broken down, just listening. You know, I just mm-hmm. I, I try to do a better listening and uh and not falling into that like that grind where you know i'm I'm just like you don't have to feel dead every day to feel like you're in camp you know what i mean like yeah that's that's what i learned and which is how you've sort of pushed yourself and you know to your credit it's always been been an intensity and and a drive that's been something that's you know, a part of your success. And this has been an interesting chapter for you. And I was saying, as I I told you off air, as someone going through an injury, it's been inspiring to see you opening up about it. Um, And it has been helppful because there was even a point today where I was, I've started jogging for the first time this week and it starts to hurt. And you're just like, okay, walk. Uh, Because the thought of not being able to do jujitsu because I re-injure myself is devastating. So, it's, yeah. I'm curious what motivated you to be open about your, your recovery and feelings during the injury. Um, you know, for me, I had to really dig, dig deep to like, you know, stay inspired and stay motivated and stay focused and stay positive, you know, just like everyone has to, you know, it, like, I mean, for me, this was a totally different experience. I did have one other injury that, that, that took me out for a while. It was a knee injury, an LCL. Um, but it wasn't a severe enough tear for surgery. And so I had to let it repair on its own, which took a long time and was was very tough. But uh, But this was a whole another animal because, you know, I mean, my whole, like, like, chest and shoulder was cut open you know what i mean i was in a uh, a lot of pain after the surgery um i couldn't move i couldn't drive a car I, I basically didn't leave my house for over a month unless someone came over to pick me up i was in a i was in this this deadly circle of of you know not being able to sleep because i had so much energy and kind of relying on the pain pills to knock me out and then I would sleep really late, you know, till like 12, sometimes even 1 o'clock. I mean, I really didn't even want to get out of my bed because it was hard to get out of my bed. Like, anytime I, I flexed my core or, you know, tightened my, any muscles in my body, I would feel it. You know, it kind of, everything's connected, you know. And, uh, but what, the other thing that really sucked is I had this chair that I had to sit in for, they told me, eight hours a day. You know, and I really, all I could manage was somewhere between four to six hours a day. And, uh, and I had to sit in this chair and it would raise my arm up, you know, and, and like for the first week, it would only raise up a little bit. And then, you know, each week I could progress the range of motion. And I had that chair for like six weeks. And so it was moving my arm for me, you know, getting the movement, the range of motion back. And I had to plug on a, uh, 
a, an ice system where like cold water would be flowing. It was a whole process. And so, you know, you're talking four to six hours a day. I'm getting out of bed at like 12, one, my wife is hooking me up around lunchtime. She feeds me, she leaves to go work and do her thing. And I'm sitting there until seven, eight o'clock at night. And then, you know, she would finally come home from the academy and, uh, you know, make me dinner. And it's like, what did I do today? I didn't even leave the house. I didn't do anything. And I saw I have all this energy and I'm just like rest, restless. I, I couldn't, I couldn't use my left arm. So all I could do was like play silly games on my iPhone, you know, and, and I'm just like losing my mind. <laughs> and, and so then I couldn't sleep. And so then I'd be up all night. Sometimes I was up and, until the sun came up. Like I would literally just lay in bed. I'm just like, I can't, I can't sleep, you know? And at the same time, I'm thinking about, you know, how long this is going to take. I'm looking at competition results. You know, I was supposed to be in that metamorphosis and I watched the metamorphosis in the chair. Literally, I'm sitting in the chair watching the metamorphosis I was supposed to compete in. You know, I mean, I could go on and on and on. Like I, I, I went to the deep end, you know? And so, yeah. My my thing was, as I started to come out of it, and, you know, I had some really great conversations with, with my wife, with my best friend, you know, that has been, like, literally, like, my brother since I was a kid, um, you know, Saul of Shanji, all these people, my students, it's just, like, it, like, all I could do was, you know, battle that and, like, saying I'm going to just try to be as positive as I can. And as I started to see the light a little bit here and there, I was like, okay, I want to use this experience to do what I always do. And that is to try to, you know, help other people, you know, like teach and inspire other people through my experience. And so, um, you know, just like people were giving me strength, I wanted to try to give that back and that kind of kept me, kept me going. And so then, you know, uh, about three months later, when I could really start getting into my, you know, I started therapy right away. Um, like literally like the second week um, after my surgery, I was in therapy, but it was so slow. I mean, it was like, it was, you know, pick up a, a two pound dumbbell, you know what I mean? It was just stupid. But uh, then once I could get, you know, into the good part of the therapy and I got back into the gym and my coach, Luke Tyree started getting me moving and stuff. I started like posting all the videos, showing my progress. And I started hashtagging Lovato come back, you know, it's just like, that's all I could do right now. This is what is going to motivate me, you know, is to really like get into that whole comeback mindset. And it was just like, okay, I'm coming back when and where I don't know yet, but eventually it's going to happen. And, you know, let's go. And, you know, around uh, six, seven months later, you know, I was back to training full force six months later, and uh, which was like nearly half the time they said it would be. And uh, and then, you know, I competed right around the seven, eight month mark um, in Brazil. That was my comeback tournament. And, you know, it, like, I, I can't even like begin to describe what that journey was like. Um, is actually one of my most proud accomplishments and, uh, you know, getting through that surgery and coming back, you know, I know people have to deal with that kind of stuff all the time and people have to deal with a lot worse, you know, all the time, you know, but for me, that was like, um, you know, it was a real battle. And, uh, and so 
I, I completely changed, became a different person, new focus. So thankful. <laughs> I, I literally, you know, um, you know, kind of opening up here, like, but when I competed in Brazil at, at, in Curitiba at that competition, I had tears, you know what I mean? Just like for being so appreciative to be able to put the gi back on, get on that mat and, and do what I love to do. You know, it was like very, very emotional for me. Which is and, powerful because uh, you've been competing a long time. So to get that emotion, it's powerful. It wasn't even like a huge tournament, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it was just, you know, more like a regional tournament in Brazil. Um, and that's a whole story in itself on how I ended up there. But basically, you know, it, it all worked out to be destiny. And, uh, and you know, uh, I, I realized that I wasn't – I realized then that I lost – that appreciation and that real, like, um, you know, love of just being able to do what I do. I was taking it for granted. I was like, all right, what's next? What's next? This is what I do. I'm going to compete in everything. Da, 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 da. And I never stopped and took the time to think, man, you know, I, I can't abuse this. I can't just jump into everything. You know, this is my body, these moments, like I need to cherish all of them and, you know, take it a little slower and, you know, do what is best for me at every, you know, uh, every day and, uh, and not just fall into that grind and think that's all there is. You know, there's so much more to life and that pause, that break, you know, that time to think and reflect was huge for me. And honestly, we appreciate you for being so candid about that. It's, uh, it's truly uh, something that I don't know a lot of people go through. You, you did mention a lot of people do go through it, but to that extent for this has been your life. This is what you know. You compete, and to have that taken away is not like you're a computer programmer. You know what I mean? Like that's your life. That's what you know. That's what you love, and that's what you're passionate about. Now, I love the fact that you, you found a way to be inspirational through all of it. Uh, our very own Kevin, as he's mentioned here, has been uh, going through his own. Here's the problem, though. Kevin doesn't inspire anybody. So he doesn't really have that outlet. You know, I, I know. just scream at the kids skateboarding by. Now that yeah. I'm in Denver. Yeah. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you, albeit selfishly for us, is for somebody like Kevin, who maybe doesn't do this to the extent that you do or as competitively, what How is your you. advice? <laughs> uh, Kevin, that was the nicest way of that putting it. That was the nicest way of putting it, actually. I think you that know was. that, too. Uh, but what would be your advice for somebody like him who is going through this? Because I know in Kevin's mind, he's thinking about what is the you know the fastest way that gets him back to the mats. And uh, he's developed a good patience about it. But I, I was just curious what your best advice for him is. Um, You know, like you said, like, you know, he doesn't inspire anyone. Like you're joking around with that a little bit. But... Um, you know, I believe, you know, staying inspired is, is the key to happiness. It is the key to success. You know, um, uh, that's how you're going to be at your best. And so in everything that you do, you have to find inspiration for it. You know what I mean? You can't just, just do it. You know what I mean? Like if your heart's not into it, you know, for whatever reason, it's going to affect you. It's going to affect your energy, it's going to affect your performance, it's going to perfect how you're doing what you're doing. So, 
you have to find inspiration, you know, you have to find inspiration, you know, um, whether, you know, obviously you want to get healthy so you can train and because you love to train. And so you're inspired to get healthy so you can be back on the mat. And when you're on the mat, you're probably, you know, feel like you're a better person or more, you're more complete, you know what I mean? Which if you have a family, you know, you're, you could be directly, um, inspiring them through your actions on how hard you work to come back to training to, you know, uh, your full self where you have that, uh, you know, you have that balance in your life so you can go home and be, you know, a better father, better husband or whatever. I mean, you know, it, and there's got to be something, you know, that uh, that you can draw that positive energy from um, in everything that you do, that inspiration. I think it's so important. Um, you know, that's one thing I, I, I preach to my my competition team. It's like it doesn't matter if it's a if it's a local tournament or the world championships. What is your inspiration for, for, for this event? You know, what what is your inspiration? You know, do you just want to go out there and just, you know, and just kind of be there? You know, do you, are you there just to, to win a medal? Are you there just because everyone else is going? Are you there, you know, like what, what, is, what is the reason behind it? You have to find inspiration, you know, and it can't just be about the titles and whatever, you know. Uh, I believe that, you know, you have to show a piece of yourself. You know, you got to like, you know really uh you know it's about performance you know what i mean i think it's every event or whatever you could compete in is an opportunity for you to have an incredible performance for you to be the best that you possibly can be and so if you think of it like that it doesn't really matter what sort of tournament it is you know or competition it is it's just another moment for you to perform and do what you love and and that's you know, that's important to have that level of inspiration. You shouldn't just go out there and be fighting for titles, you know. Um, and, you know, like when it comes to training, you know, you have to be inspired. It's not just, oh, I'm going to go to class because, you know, that's what I do on Tuesday nights. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's got to be more than that, you know. Why? You You're actually I mean? giving me one hell of an idea. The right question asked at the right time, Rafa Sparza to, uh, you know, arguably the best American jiu-jitsu resource that exists in the world. This is, actually, I like that, the inspiration idea. Um, I have an idea about it, because I'm a visual person, so some photos. I like that. And what was circling through your head as you started to see the light at the end of the tunnel on this? From my injury, coming back? Yeah. Well, what was in my mind was, A... I just want to feel it again. I just, you know, I was out of balance. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Raph shared the know. photo you posted on your site as a, uh, you know, cause we like to, we were checking in and, uh, Raph shared it as a look at just as a congrats to this, sir. And you had this look of euphoria on your face that first night back at training. Oh my gosh, man. You know, I, you know, it, 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 I, 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 I was emotional too. I was, I was so emotional, uh, that whole process, you know, really the whole year, like, you know, I just now got to the point where I don't really feel anything in my chest or shoulder anymore. Um, you know, and, and it's been right at 
almost exactly a year, you know, today, right now. And, uh, you know, I still was feeling it all the time, like just extra soreness and, you know, out of balance within my body, you know, the pool of, of that side of my body, you know, um, it just affected everything. But, you know, there is just the whole, like, like the release, you know, for me, jujitsu is meditation, you know, that's, that's the one time, you know, where my mind isn't thinking about anything else. I'm lost in movement. You know, it's the movement that I really, really love. I just love the exchange, the technical exchange, you know, I move here, you move there. What's, you know, the, the chess game, the, I, I, I am deeply in love with that. And, uh, and that's why, you know, I, I, I got so depressed on the other end because, um, you know, I didn't have any release, you know, and, um, and, and then competition is like the ultimate release of that because then you're even more lost in that moment and lost in the movement, you know, you're even more totally focused, you know, and that's what I love about MMA because it's a whole nother level of just, in the moment, you know, in jujitsu, you might look up and say, where's your points and look at the referee. Because you're not doing that in MMA. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> MMA, you're 100% in the moment. You were, the cage is locked. The other guy's over there. Go, go, you know? And that's what I love. I just, I just love that. You know, I love figuring out, oh, I moved the way I never moved before. You know, it's like, it's exploration for me. And, uh, and so, you know, I need that in training. I need that on, on every level. And that's, that's what I said. I got a little addicted to it. I, I took it a little for granted. Um, and now I have a new appreciation for that, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, ADCC, Hey, it didn't go the way I wanted it to go, obviously. Um, you know, but Hey, <laughs> most people wouldn't have even been able to be there, you know, having had the level of surgery and recovery. I mean, my tendon was completely off the bone, you know, it, it, it's, it's still healing. You know what I mean? Like, um, I was, I was disappointed, but I didn't, you know, I didn't get destroyed. Like, uh, I lost a decision in my weight class and I lost on points to Hudolfo, who was the champion of the division above me. And, uh, and so I still felt like I showed my jujitsu. I was there. Um, you know, and I was competing on the highest level at, at an event that I didn't even know I could get to be healthy for, for the majority of the year, you know, and, uh, and so at the end of it, as sad as I was, I was also very thankful. It's just like, man, you know, I'm here and I got to fight the world's best and, you know, I miss that. I love that. And, and where the old me might've just been like, you know, so bummed out and blah, 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 and just want to fight the next tournament right away, you know, whatever. I was just like, you know, I can live with this, you know, because it could be worse, you know. And I'm not saying that all of a sudden I'm just going to be happy to be at every tournament. Just I'm just happy to be there. Now, I'm always there to win, 100%. But, um, but you know, I, I, I have more appreciation for it what it is I get to do. And uh, I'm so thankful. I'm just, you know, I, I, I appreciate it. I think that's a, a really cool thing. I, I, I have two questions for that, uh, especially in terms of ADCC. 
how, number one, how important was it to get there? Because like you mentioned, I, I know for a certain amount of time, there's no real logical thought when you have an injury that says, all right, I will be in command of everything. I'm oh, going my. to dictate where I am going to be and how this is going to go. You know, ADCC may have been not even on the radar at a certain point in it. But one, how important was it to get there for you? And number two, you know, what was your inspiration going into ADCC? Because I imagine it may have been different than probably most other experiences that you, you've had personally. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the whole – pretty much, you know, the f whole first half of the year was just getting healthy, you know. Uh, once I hit, you know, the April, May mark and I still wasn't in a hard train, I, I pretty much knew – the world was out of the picture, you know? And so, uh, you know, there was no way I was just going to step into the world. My first tournament back, barely, you know, still feeling my injury, injury, barely able to, you know what I mean? It just wasn't going to happen. And, uh, and so then the next thing was like, okay, let's just, let's just hope that we can be healthy and strong for ADCC. And, uh, you know, I, I got to a level where I could, I could start training pretty hard in May. Um, uh, and you know, I still felt it a lot, but I could train. And as long as no one went, you know, went for certain techniques, um, on my bad side, I was okay. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I did a couple of those, you know, opens, those IBJJF opens just to kind of get my confidence you know, be moving again and kind of get the warm up uh, for ADCC. That became my ultimate goal uh, was to, you know, not just be there. I mean, at first it was to be healthy enough to be there. But then once I realized that, you know, uh, that I, I would be able to compete there at least on a 90% level, um, then, you know, I was all in. And so, um, you know, I went there to win. You know, I mean, the last time I was in the finals, you know, over time, like, you know, so close to, to the gold and, uh, and I was confident, you know, I mean, I was, I was ready, you know, and it just happened the way it did. You know what I mean? I ended up, um, competing against the best wrestler of the whole event, you know, not just my weight class, but the whole event, R Rustin is by far the most decorated wrestler, um, you know, the whole tournament this year, he was, um, you know, very high level wrestling and he knows his jiu-jitsu too. I mean, you can't just trick the guy. Like, you know, until 2013, I was able to catch him. Uh, I submitted him with the triangle. Um, and so I knew going into that match that it would be much more difficult. He's felt me. He knows how I move. He knows where I'm dangerous and he was going to be cautious. He was going to be smart and make the adjustments. And he did. And, uh, you know, I couldn't sweep him. I couldn't submit him. You know, I had, I had a couple good opportunities. I had a great knee bar that was really tight. They called him for two different times for an activity. And, uh, and he had one good takedown attempt where I had to go to my knees and defend, you know. And I thought that the inactivity calls that he had and my submission, you know, me being the closest one to getting a submission, I thought I would have got the decision. Um, but I didn't, you know. And, um, uh, 
in the end, maybe it was just meant to be. You know, then I put all my energy into DOP. I coached him all day the next day and screamed for 40 minutes when he went against Orlando. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and maybe, maybe that was my calling. You know, maybe that's what I needed to be there for, you know, was for him. Um, and, but I still jumped in the absolute the next day when my first or after yelling for DOP all day <laughs> and being so tired, I, I jumped in the absolute. I said, no, I'm not going to leave on a decision loss. You know what I mean? That's not yeah. me. And, uh, and so, um, you know, and, and every other time I haven't been able to do the absolute because I was, you know, still fighting in my division and, and I, two times I got hurt and then, you know, or Sean, she jumped in the absolute and I, I just let him do it, you know, cause you can only have one per team. And so it just didn't work out. And, but, uh, you know, Dop was exhausted. Shanji got hurt, unfortunately. And so it opened up the doors for me to jump in. And, uh, and so I did, and I was happy that I fought more. I was proud of myself actually, because, you know, uh, I was feeling so kind of like, why, why did I lose this decision? You know, you know, I was trying to kind of find my, that, that inspiration again, like, okay, well, maybe I was supposed to lose in the division so I could do the absolute and have a great performance in the absolute. And, and, uh, you know, so I got, I got re-pumped up and I said, let's go, you know, and, uh, you know, I won my first match and then lost to Rodolfo and, you know, he's, you know, he was better than me. He was great. You know, he, I, while we were competing, I was like, oh, that was really good. You shut me down here. Very nice, you know. But um, Adolfo's but, you know, pretty I, good at jujitsu, especially the nogi ADCC style. He was uh, he yeah, came he, in he, ready. He did for a that. lot better. Th- yeah, he did a lot better this year. I was impressed. I was happy for him too because he's a great champion, and you know he he deserved to win that title. Um, you know, it just sucked that he had to beat my my brother. You know, Shanji. Um, but Shanji was hurt. You know, he wasn't at his best. But uh, you know, I was happy because every tough position I got into with Rodolfo, I managed to escape. And in the end, I had a really good Kimura that was tight and made him yeah. roll over and uh, time ran out, you know, but I lost, you know, five zero, but I was like, I was really happy on the other end, you know, and, uh, you know, it was, it was a proud moment for me to be there and be competing on that level when a few months before I was still, like, you know, in the deep end, <laughs> I was still like, what's, what's going on? You know, am I going to be able to, you know? And, uh, and then from there, the Monday after I flew to Kuduchiba and I started my MMA camp, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I went right, I went right back at it, which, you know, it would have been nice if I could have had a little more rest, you know, going into what I've learned is not overdoing it, but but uh, I was like, Raph, do you hear this? He's like, I've really calmed it down. It's like I went straight from I got on a flight from ADCC, got off the plane at training camp and just, you know, kept it rolling. Well, pulled an all nighter. Yeah. I will say unfortunately Lovato is uh is preaching to the choir here. Maybe it's just something in the name Raphael because uh one of the the hallmarks on this uh show is that I'm a workaholic. Raph so. doesn't sleep. Raph chooses not that's to not, sleep. He doesn't that's need not sleep. True. He just pushes just, in. I find sleep over. It's, 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 it's a gift and a curse. It's a gift exactly. and a curse. But, it is. <laughs> but, you know, it was a huge goal for me to, to have my second fight this year. And, um, and you know, uh, I, I, was, I was smart. Um, I did the right thing in 
and not and, and going to Kudachiba, which, you know, like I said about Kudachiba earlier, that was where I did my, my return to competition at the Kudachiba Open. It was a Gianogi tournament in June. Um, that, that was part of the destiny because I went there and I, and I reconnected with uh, some of my good friends um, that I have from the Evolu South High. Uh, which is Andre Dita and his brother Mauricio Veo. And uh, they're first generation shoebox black belts under Rafael Cordero. And, uh, and I've known Mauricio for like six years, maybe a little more, something like that. We've trained a lot, you know, uh, over the years. And uh, he's been in my academy several times, um, you know, because I do love Muay Thai, you know. And, uh, and for me, they have an amazing. Uh, system amazing style that is so perfect for MMA and uh, and so like the Kudachiba Open was like a whole thing because I was like looking where am I going to make my comeback where am I going to make my comeback I had like a couple super fight opportunities that fell through and I was like man what am I going to do it's like summer I got to do something before ADCC like you know it's summertime I need to, I need to compete in something it's, I just went on the IBJJF schedule and i was like let's look for something you know and uh and i saw i saw boom could achieve open and and i saw it was gi and no gi and i was like oh that's great i've been doing gi training to help guys get ready for worlds and i could also do no gi and kind of start getting warmed up for adcc and and then i was like could achieve and i was like man i wonder you know what the guys are doing down there and so i, I hit up my east i was like hey you know uh, what's Dita up to? Could I stay with him? Can I train down there? Da, 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 da. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get you taken care of. You're going to love Kuduchiba. And I said, okay, awesome. That's it. I'm going, I'm going to go to Kuduchiba. That's what I'm going to do. And so I did. And, uh, and then I trained down there afterwards and it was so good because I've been missing working with them. And, uh, and so then it kind of like opened those doors back up and, um, you know, then I realized how much I love training there and uh, in Kudachiba with the team. And I love their Muay Thai and the whole the whole group, you know, it's awesome guys. They're really, really, um, you know, great fighters and great people. And, uh, and so after, you know, ADCC, I was like already in Brazil, I had this fight, let's go to Kudachiba. And so I spent my first week of my camp there. Uh, Raider went with me. And, uh, you know, it was a really, really great experience. Um, those guys train hard. I mean, if you know Shootbox, Kudachiba days, you know, and that's how they do it. And uh, I like that, you know, because it, you have to have, be confident for the fight. And, you know, when you train that way, it, the fight seems like it's going to be easy, you know. And uh, and so it was just all desk, you know, and, Anyways, you know, I went to Kudachiba and it was good because I figured out, hey, I can be away, you know. Uh, when I'm at home, it's always hard. Like, there's always so much work to do and everything. And so I was able to go there, kind of rest, reflect. Yeah, I train hard every day, but also I had hard rest, too. Like, I, I rested hard, too, um, and uh, ate a lot of churrascaria <laughs> and enjoyed life and, uh, you know, refocused and came home. And then Mauricio came a few days after I arrived home and he was with me all the way through to my fight. And, uh, I really, you know, 
Um, Mauricio Vail, he's in Toronto, Canada. If any of you listeners are out there and are looking for a good place to train Muay Thai and martial arts in general, look up at Blue South Thai Canada in Toronto. Um, you know, Mauricio, he, he is a really awesome guy, really amazing martial artist, and he he really, like, he prepared me for that fight. He was the, the guy that ran my camp. So, Coincidentally, Raph, as I explained, two of our top ten listenership cities are in Canada. So, Awesome. Big chance on the Canadian listenership, which we Definitely. appreciate. We appreciate. I'm just saying, Lovato gave a shout out to the Canadian Muay Thai preparedness. That's a that's a compliment that goes out on the Canadian interwebs. And that's part one with Rafael Lovato Jr. Tune in to part two of the three year anniversary show for the rest of the interview. Yeah, you will. Verbal tap loyalists know him as the sounding voice of jujitsu greatness. Uh, his neighbors know him as the guy that's always staring at himself in his car window's reflection. Verbal tap, it wouldn't be a three-year without BJJ breakdowns. John Evans. John, how are you doing this evening, sir? Woo! Three. I am doing fantastic. Yeah, that was Ric Flair. That was, three years, baby. Three was, years. I love it. Wow. I love your enthusiasm. Three years. Mm-hmm. This is the most fired up I've ever heard you, John. This is great. I know. Wait, hold on. i got to put it in words that Raph can understand. Trace Hanyas? Is that yours? Is that I don't know. I want to I break uh, the fourth wall here for everybody listening. Huh. We're recording this late, <clears throat> so that four mm. is uh, John's most powerful time, while the rest mm. of the world goes to a normal slumber. Yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe th- is this why you two are such good friends? Neither of you partake in sleep. Is this where John John parties to like four a.m. now? Oh no no and no! By no, parties, no. I mean bangs out push-ups, makes a protein shake, and studies jujitsu. See, John sleeps. That's the misconception. Just but he knocks out at what time did you go to bed on Saturday, John? On, wait, on Saturday? Uh-huh. I don't remember. That was the last time I slept, so I don't know. I think it was like four, I think. See, the um, reason no, I no, 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 oh no, wait, wait, no, it was like seven thirty or something like that. That's right. The it's reason I morning. ask is because the Russian Burkut event is what i'm calling it uh john somehow still managed to be up when that event didn't start till 5 a.m and then ran late (laughs) and in running late john still stayed up for about another hour past that which means you didn't get to sleep until what 7 a.m something like that yeah i forgot about that that was a it's a good time it was like watching uh stop motion jujitsu Really nice. <laughs> yeah, with the uh, feed issues you were talking about, Raph? That the... Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. Stop Russian internet uh, quality. quality. How dare you? Don't blame mm-hmm. the Russians. That's putting it lightly. <laughs> Jevons, how goes the <laughs> academy? Uh, it, it's it's going. It's going. 
Do people going. practice jujitsu there, or have they pretty much boycotted and just water cooler it? Yeah, that's right. You know, we brown, we should keep that. Yeah. About, uh, talk about that horrible thing in accounting. His, his name's Eddie. Yeah, fantasy uh, football. A lot of fantasy football uh, talk around the office. <laughs> yeah. No, no, oh. not so much. <laughs> That's, even that's a scam. You don't you don't want to fall into that. What have you Raf was prepping you for this? What have you mm. learned in our three years? What's been your most valuable lesson? I mean you've ridden our coattails to some successful hosting gigs <laughs> now. Mm-hmm. You've gotten to do that's some true. commentary just and you know, we're our backs are a little sore, but we're okay mostly. All of us. No, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um you know, as long as I'm writing something that has to do with verbal tats, I'm I'm pretty happy. Frisky so. Jevons, I like it. I, yeah. No more interviews before midnight mountain time. <laughs> Absolutely. This is Jevons after dark. <laughs> it's not your regular Ooh, morning, man. Jevons. Oh. The one that yeah. asks questions like, "Wait, what is this? What's that sun?" Uh oh, that's when I should probably go to bed. All right, good night, everybody. Then he just cranks uh, up Kenny G. Yeah, you, you can't switch from that 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 saucy voice you had going there to to the Jevons. It's not to the Jevons. <laughs> you can't call it the Jevons. It takes on a weird meta moment. So it John, does. It's not. It's not quite as bad as the hashtag Jeff Sparza. Nope. He's still trying to make that a thing. It's never going to happen. He wants us to, our commentary team to be called Jeb Sparza. No. I'm going to call Jeb you guys Sparza? Ron. It could be Jeb? No? All right. Wait, what? I'm going to call you just Ron. <laughs> just the most boring <laughs> combination of like rap and John. I don't know, like, hashtag Ron? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I'm assuming that's been taken a couple of times. It's pretty, yeah, pretty ambiguous. Uh, yeah. Well, so the thing let's, you've let's learned the most in the three years is to ride our coattails. Yes, and it's it's impossible, literally impossible, to beat Kevin in over under Kevin. See, he's all wiry. Now he's got the wow. great jokes. Wow. It's yeah, impossible. Throw that out there. Yeah. Impossible. I mean, what's the, what's, what is the, uh, what's the win rate going like again? It's not what great. However, it's hard to calculate. John, it's hard to calculate. John, I wasn't no. going to bring this up. I mean, somebody now. always wins. Yeah, so somebody does always win. Their name's not usually Kevin, but John, I wasn't going to bring this up. And now or the audience. Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> how dare you? Now you bring up an important fact that we bypassed here, which is that, yes, Kevin did lose at my wedding, that over-under Kevin. But there was a part of it that you also lost as well, Kevin, if you remember that. Uh, Yeah, because I was looking everywhere for him on the dance floor. I was trying to give him the rhythm. So Um. we... That has nothing to do with the bet, though, right? No, not at all. <laughs> he, he wanted to give you the rhythm, which is the worst phrased oh, okay. anything we've ever you're, had. On you're the not going to be able to stop saying it the next time you really want to perform dance. 
and you're trying to role play as GSP. You didn't do read him. No. 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 Kevin just comes alive at this time. You'll be seeing him at, at Zany's. Right time at the right time. <laughs> He's at the nonstop laugh riot show. Just uh, oh, 36. Man. Two drink minimum. So, Kev, don't you remember you said that Jevons had to do something on camera and it was. Something at like the academy, I think it was what you were mentioning, right? <clears throat> Wait, did I win or did he win? So because wasn't he won. it a tie of some weird? <laughs> Kevin's comment? already confused. This is terrible. No, here's what happened. Kevin's always confused. It's nothing new to the program. Um, Kevin, you lost, but Jevons didn't stay the whole time to see you lose the bet. Therefore. We made it so that Jevons had to do something as well and do something on Instagram. And what was it? Uh, I think it had something to do with Jevons doing like either a dance move or oh, uh, right. holding a a long plank of some sort. But see, I, I tend to go more towards the dance move because I think that's way funnier. Um, I mean, you know, if you guys really want to get served that bad, then... Suppose we could make that happen. Wow! There, wow! That's what we're doing for the three year. That's it. Yeah, I think that's what I we're think, doing. And you I know, I think what? he's going to give us the rhythm. Mm. Oh, I'll give you the rhythm. <laughs> See, it's got you got already. It's hot. You know, fire. the best part of that's going to hashtag the late Jevons right now is this late Jevons is oh. way more brave Levins. than the daytime <laughs> Jevons. It, yeah, it's like beer goggles, <laughs> Jevons. It's. Uh, not making the best choices, but because you're okay. saying a lot of stuff right now that I'm like, man, he is going oh, yeah. to regret this tomorrow. And you know what? The thing is, I like we have it on tape now, so yeah. this Jevons uh, is going to try and serve you, Kevin, in a 15 minute or I'm sorry, 15 second. <laughs> it's like 15 minutes. No God, <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd watch it, but I wouldn't want to watch it. I'd watch It'd be every too minute. Too much rhythm, guys. Too much. Because <laughs> I just by minute eight, I'd want to see what you turn to. Because I don't know how I'd say 15. That's true. we got to power up first. So, John, I guess the other question is, how has Kevin grown mm-hmm. as a martial artist in these past three years? Because we, we view you as an objective commentator, observer. How has Kevin grown in the past three years as a martial artist? You know, as, as much as I hate to admit it, Kevin actually has become quite good at jujitsu. Yeah, you know, if you're talking about like a martial artist, like he's like a, you know, he's like a very aware of his surroundings and lives in the moment and makes good decisions. Then no, that's that's gone in the toilet. But <laughs> as far as jujitsu goes, he's he's actually become pretty damn good. Uh, it's a uh, it's kind of surprising. I've been putting my hair in a martial artist mode, though, to try and fool people. Because I figure, you know, if you just look like it, that'll fool what, do, what does martial artist mode hair do? Is that, is that what you asked for? Did you see at, Tom uh, Cruise in The that? Last Samurai? Nobody did. Uh, <laughs> nobody did? How? <laughs> that. I mean... One I didn't know it was going to get controversial on the three-year, but... <laughs> <laughs> tag him. Tag him. Hashtag Tom Cruise. Let's get this. 
my apartment. This is a story here. We gotta make a big. It's gotta be explosions. Jesus Christ, John! How much cocaine did you take on your way to this podcast? Enough. My apartment is right next door to the Church of Scientology. I could see if anyone's got his number. We can clear this up. Well, I got his number. <laughs> if Tom Cruise and John Evans are secret friends, that would make sense. Eventually. Secret lovers? Secret everything. No. No, that's about right. Okay. Well, Jevons, yeah. I've loved your commentary. Uh, you're now uh, our most seasoned guest on Verbal Tap. By now, I mean I I did it. you were already. But. <laughs> yes, wait, did I meet Bubba? You're, well, don't say it out loud because he'll oh. find you. And <laughs> he's very competitive like that. So just, uh, no, I think yeah, you've got it. You've got a total too, tonnage. Huh? <laughs> yeah. If and, we're being honest, Jevons has come on the show 14 times now. Bubba, yes, is that currently at twelve? Though that could change at any time, John. Ooh, huh. we're two huh. quick calls away for being like John has died. I don't know how it happened. It's like, well, what did I'm you do so last hairy. podcast? It's like we called him, Fort. talked to someone else, and then we called him again. We counted it twice. Absolutely. What'd you say That's to him each time? You're tied with John. John, um, I also was going to extend a congratulations your way on oh, yeah? you know, your um, most recent, the thing that keeps the gi from uh, flapping open when you're oh, oh. choking people. Yes, the belt. Oh, that's right. The, see, I forget. That's just, I've been out on injury. You know how blondes can be. Oh. Congratulations, sir. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. The, uh, I, I always think the most dangerous people are like pound for pound. Does any, And I'm curious the two of yours opinion on this. Aren't brown belts like always the most dangerous people at the gym just in your mind? <laughs> um, I guess. Yeah. Uh, in my mind. And John's never, John hasn't rolled like a human being in years, so he doesn't know what he's talking about. I, on the other hand, have. Do you know what I'm talking about, though? Yeah, I, I understand Just, what you're trying to say, which is yeah. they're at that level of proficiency, which is super dangerous, not quite a black belt, so really, really putting the extra mileage to let you know that there's still upper echelon and could be a black belt at any also given time. Hu- yeah, and a huge wild card. Like but a huge wild card next to whatever Not a purple belt, which is always yeah. an interesting rank in itself. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, uh, but then they give it to people like Kevin, so it's like <clears throat> that purple belt. Just to be clear, John Evans from BJJ Breakdown swinging by the podcast just because you're nice and we wanted to chat with you. I have loved your commentary. You and Raff are doing a pretty adequate job. Um, you know, there's some room. Yeah, for, yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't have the chemistry that the. That the Kev Rask combo does, but you know, try well, to, I was gonna to say, keep it There's room for a lot of NBA references from both of you. If I could give you both one pretty constructive critique, uh, just dial up the NBA references. Otherwise, I, just, I, f- I feel so pretty, awkward here because John, it's like, like raise your hand if you've commentated more than two events. Just real quick, show of hands, everybody. It's a virtual yeah. podcast. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, but I'm sure everybody felt it. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not Absolutely. raising my hand. 
But please, Kevin, go on and give us more of your I was wonderful and insightful piece commentary. of pointed feedback, more NBA metaphors, and I don't think I'm alone. I think I speak for a lot of people on Reddit or Twitter or Facebook. Not all three, because it is pretty specific, but one of them is behind me. <laughs> Uh, are they, is, that, is that what they're? Is that what the kids are asking for? That's what the kids are asking for. That's just them, and I'm with the kids, John. Me and the kids are tight. We're very yes. close. Yes. We'll like, visit. Like Jared, right? I was watching some of your videos today to get my jujitsu fix. Actually, they pop up on all my right. YouTube feed all the time. Yes, yeah, some good CCs. Had a Hodolfo match. You were breaking down his pass, which reminds oh. me, BJJ breakdown. Head to it. Find it on all the social medias, bjjbreakdown.com. You can also go train with a man if you're somewhere near the... John, where is it? North, North Hollywood mm-hmm. area. And where is it? See, see, Raph, Kevin's so much better at this than you are. Like, everyone's better that, at this than I am. But... No, 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 no. no. It's, you, it's not that hard. He, you he have can to help learn me out. He can throw it. me bone. It's your business. What? The easiest thing you can do is give your business's address. How come you got, how come you got your nose in my business, Raph? <laughs> huh? This, by the way, I could listen to for the better part of The thing is, most people think this is a lie, but I will punch John in the face <laughs> when I see he him. He will. True. I have it's, no problem. Uh, you know, location to be determined. <laughs> It's in North Hollywood. So go to North Hollywood. You go train with uh, John Evans. Just take a bus here. Tell your Uber driver to drive you into the heart of North Hollywood. (laughs) And and you'll be right there. And that is where jujitsu will be. Verbal tap. Go for it. No, I was going to say if you're an Uber driver, then you might want to learn some self-defense. Don't want some CEOs in the head yeah. in terms of Breakdown Academy in North Hollywood. Just drive mm-hmm. yourself to North Hollywood. And, uh, you know, click your heels three times. And... You just say hashtag Esparza. <laughs> how do you have a business? <laughs> I just... Pow. I have no idea. I no If I saw that Yelp review, I would visit that place. Absolutely. Verbal tab fans, John Evans. <laughs> <laughs>